Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Um, this week, I'm very excited to share this episode with you. Uh, I have a really fun, pleasant conversation with an awesome human being. Uh, and I'm just completely inspired by her. Uh, this week, we're sitting down and talking with ultra runner Kathy Adams. Um, Kathy has completed all of Destination Trail, Candace Burt's uh, 200 milers. Um, the Bigfoot 200, Tahoe 200, and Moab 200. Anytime I get a chance to talk to anybody who's done even one of those events, I'm completely blown away. Um, but to talk to somebody who has completed all three, and you'll hear in the episode, was pretty successful uh, at her, especially her very first one. Um, I just am. I'm still in awe of it. And I think 200 milers are becoming more popular. Um, and I think obviously Candace and her crew over there have really helped make them um, more of a popular event in ultra running. But still, man, it's like if you look at ultra running, which is even though it's more popular, it's still definitely kind of on the fringes of uh activities that people like to do <laughs> uh most people like to do um and and then you look at 200 milers i feel like 200 milers still are kind of a subcategory of ultra running and when it comes to 200 milers obviously i'm always you know kind of fascinated by how do you train for one of these things i feel like every single athlete i've spoken to about these events they train in a different way um, they have different strategies, different experiences. There's not like the handbook of like, Hey, here's how you run a 200 miler. Um, so I love sharing these conversations and I hope you guys take away uh, a lot from it. Um, especially if you are one of those amazing people, uh, training for one of these things. And I know if you are one of those amazing people, your training is going on right now. You've like flipped into athlete mode you're getting ready for this summer. Um, and that's really exciting for me. Um, Kathy is also the wife of previous guest Ray Zahab. Uh, I hope you guys, I would really encourage you guys to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, Ray, I just had a blast talking with him. It was really fun. Um, but he and Kathy have started, uh, this program called impossible to possible where they include, uh, kids, uh, teenagers on their expeditions. So Ray goes all around the world, uh, goes across deserts, goes across, uh, tundras, um, frozen tundras. You can't just say tundra. You gotta add, you gotta add frozen in there cause it sounds way cooler. Um, <laughs> and they're usually frozen. That's why you would also add that. Um, but they, but they, include kids on these expeditions whether they're kids in the classroom or they're actual kids or teenagers going on the expeditions themselves so i wanted to hear more about that so kathy and i also discuss impossible to possible i highly recommend supporting their program um i just know what adventure has done for my life and i can't even imagine what an experience like that would do for an 18 year old, right? Or a, a young person. So check that out. 
Um, yeah, guys, let's get started. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 247 with Kathy Adams. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week I am super honored to have Kathy Adams on the show. Uh, Kathy has completed uh, the triple crown of 200 milers, right? Technically not the triple crown because they're done all in one year. Oh, but, I'm, yeah. I'm saying it. That's the technicality. But, you, you've done it. <laughs> I've done one each consecutive year. That's amazing. I just, I mean, first of all, I have to say, I feel like that's the smarter approach because yeah. those things seem devastating. Like I've talked to a few people who have tried the triple crown and they were like, doing it in a year just gives you like nightmares at times. <laughs> I can, I've seen them. I've seen them start out at the starting line with me. And this is, you know, they're, they're on number three. And I just think, Oh my God, I can't complain. Like I cannot complain. Their feet must be destroyed already. Yeah. So it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. That is what, um, I guess we'll just start there with the, with the 200 milers on um, when was like the first time you heard of this event? I think it was 2015. And okay. honestly, I, don't even know where I heard it. It was probably, uh, you know, one of the magazines or maybe I was just poking around the internet and, uh, yeah, I thought, Ooh, 200 miles. Mm. <laughs> what makes you, cause some people would read that and be like 200 miles. What? But you're like, Hmm, I wonder like what makes, what makes you consider that as like a feasible option? because of Ray to be honest with you for anybody that doesn't know my husband Ray Zahab um, you know Ray has crossed most of the large uh, deserts on the planet um, you know running across the whole Sahara back in 2007 and um, yeah so just anything seemed possible after he you know completed those kind of events I thought well maybe I mean worst worst case I I have to drop out but at least I could try So that was sort of my approach going in. I'm not a full-time athlete. I'm a mom of two girls. I work full-time. Ray's on the road. Uh, Back then, he was on the road probably five, six months of the year. Wow. So, you know, I just kind of run when I can, do what I can, and that's kind of my approach. (laughs) That's amazing. So which one did you sign up for first? Uh, Bigfoot. Okay. Which I heard is may... I mean, I'd love to get your perspective on this, but I've heard that that one is maybe the most challenging one just because of like the amount of elevation gained and all that stuff. Yeah. I would say it was probably my favorite. Um, I love the climbing and descending. That was probably my favorite part, which is why I picked that one first um, because of, because of that. Um, And the terrain is amazing. And yeah, I just, I loved it. It was really awesome. Yeah. How do you, like, how do you even approach training? Like, I guess you probably did it a little different for all three, maybe just based off of like learning experience, but how did you approach training for that first one? Yeah. So, I mean, luckily I have Ray, so he was able to help (laughs) put together a a program for me. He's like, Hey, real quick, just run through this desert, like take like, you know, 80 days, run through a desert and you'll be good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like all I had time for really was three or four days a week of training. So I wasn't putting in a hundred miles a week. I was putting in 50 kilometers a week, you know, leading up to, I definitely did more, but you know, it was just do what I can. Um, 
back-to-back training runs, you know, the weekends were my long runs. And then during the week, it was just shorter runs, you know? Wow. I bet people listening, like you just don't imagine 200 milers like that you can accomplish it with that, but that seems really reasonable. It's yeah. I don't do great with really high mileage. I, I, you know, I've come to know my body that, that if I put a lot of miles on going in, I may fall apart. Um, I may get injuries. Um, so we knew that my body doesn't like high mileage except all at once in a race, then it's okay. Um, but leading up to, uh, but a lot of it was mental, you know, I think so much of these races comes down to the mental ability to keep going, barring a real injury. Yeah. Um, you know, you're gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. You're going to go high. You're going to go really low. Um, and then it's just kind of problem solving along the way and picking yourself up and, you know, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. What did you find? Um, like I've, I've talked to a couple of people about training for these and they were mentioning just like time on their feet. So even if you're not on a run necessarily, but you're still really active, you're still walking around, like trying to be on your feet as much as possible. Did you do any of that? Um, no, (laughs) (laughs) I think my longest run, I think I did maybe a 50 kilometer run going into that. Um, I don't know what that is in miles, sorry. Uh, but not, not super far, but you know, and then the next day I probably followed it up with a 40 K or something like that. So that was sort of my biggest weekend going into the race Um, and that seemed okay. Yeah, honestly, it was just so mental. I was super excited. Like, I think for me, and this will be really funny, um, that race ends on a track. Yeah. And I've actually never stepped foot on a track. And all I could think about was this is going to be so awesome. I'm going to run 200, uh, and that one was 205.5 miles, farthest I've ever run. And I'm going to get to run on a track. (laughs) So it was like, that was my motivation. I got to get there. I got to try out this track thing. It was awesome. (laughs) That's so, that's so cool. Like, I love that, you know, you're putting this, uh, you know, this reward at the end of this event. And I love that perspective. Like, that's really, really cool. Did Ray help you with any like mindset training or are you just like have a solid mindset going in? Yeah, I think, you know, I've heard him talk so much um, about, the mental aspects of training and um yeah i think kind of by osmosis maybe i i took a lot from what i've heard him say over the years about the importance of keeping your head in the game knowing that you're gonna go really low but that yeah. you can still come out the other side which is hard to believe when you're in it but i just kept telling myself it's, it, it can get better it's gonna get better um yeah that one i would say i had one really low point where i remember heading toward the aid station and thinking, "Mm, not sure. Um, And there happened to be a photographer there. And, and I was like, Oh, I think I'm supposed to smile. And I smiled. And I swear, like within minutes, and they say this, like, I started to feel better. And I was like, Oh, that forced smile actually really made me feel better. And I was going into the aid station. And I got there and raised like, yeah, there's a lot of people have dropped out already, you know, a lot of issues like really bad feet blisters because we'd gone through some water. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I don't really have any issues. It's just a mental low. So I got to keep going. I don't really have a good reason to stop. And then I never looked back. Really? I was really just like, this is it. I'm going to do this. That's how far into the race was that? Oh, not that far. <laughs> Maybe a <laughs> <laughs> hundred and twenty K. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Sorry, I'm bad with the miles. Oh, no, no worries. We respect all Canadians on the show. We're good. (laughs) This is a Canadian friendly show. (laughs) I guess that'd be like 65 miles in or something. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So from that point on though, you know, look, you probably had low moments, but none of them went that low. None of them went that low. No, I mean, like little things would go wrong. You know, I pick up my pacer and we start heading out and it's getting cold and nighttime. And um, I was like, oh, could you just get my arm? Like they're allowed to do things for you, but they can't carry anything for you. So I was like, could you just reach me my arm sleeves? Mm, Yeah, no, they're not there. Okay, I'll I'll just take my jacket. Mm, (laughs) No, no jacket. And I'm like, oh my God, it's freezing. Okay, just got to get to the aid station, you know? And so... You know, I love that part about I just need to get through to the next aid station and not stress and worry about all the things that like, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to fail because I don't have all the right stuff with me. It's like, no, get to the aid station, regroup, you know, Um, someone actually took a pair of old socks. I was like, does anybody have anything they can give me? I'm freezing. And this guy comes up to me. He's like, I have this pair of socks. I swear I've never worn them. And I can just cut the toes off and you can put them on your arms. And I was like, absolutely. I would love that. And that's what I wore to the next aid station to when I saw Ray and them and I was able to get my, my stuff out of my that's, bag. But, that's and that's amazing. What I love like that camaraderie. And uh, yeah, I just, I love, I love these races so much. Yeah. I used to run in Des Moines, Iowa and I'd put socks on my hands instead of gloves and I would go right after school. So all my coworkers would see me leave the building with socks on my hands just cause I liked it better than gloves. I don't know. And I think eventually they thought that I couldn't afford gloves. So they would like bring like snacks for me and stuff. I'm like, thank you. And they're like, we saw you with your socks on your hands. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, I don't get how those two connect. But, uh, but yeah, so definitely, but I've heard the community at these things are like, that is a huge moment. Cause I mean, you could be running power hiking, like you could be with the same group of people for two to four days, you know, all the way up through the whole entire race, really, if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, for sure it thins out very quickly. You start as kind of a group. Um, and then maybe you have some back and forth with a couple of people, but there's also swaths of time where you see nobody. Yeah. Um, you're just kind of out there, which are you, is also really neat too. Are, are you intimidated by that at all? Like being out there, you know, yeah, you know what my forest biggest... around Mount St. Helens, like those are thick forests and stuff. Yeah. I think my biggest fear was getting lost. I have yeah. zero sense of direction, like zero. <laughs> and all I could think was, Oh my God, just don't get lost. Like just don't get lost. Um, yeah. I think that was my big, my big fear of going into the race. Not, like wasn't the finishing. It was really don't get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. But, but they're really well marked and yeah. Yeah. You, you come across some people now and then. I've seen the pictures of Candace with like the backpack of flags that she has to go out there and mark the trail with and you're like wow so much work they do an amazing job and it's a lot of work it really has to be yeah how did you handle the like nighttime like you know not being able to i mean i know you there's sleep stations but like how did you handle that like sleep deprivation part yeah so that's super interesting because the first one so bigfoot i had massive hallucinations i've never stayed up like that long i'm usually like nine o'clock lights out (laughs) um and so and i had done like 
one or two hundred milers before, but um, yeah, I mean, less than 24 hours. Um, so I never stayed awake that long. And uh, the first night I had massive hallucinations. I would see things all over the trail. Um, what were you seeing? Like baby heads, babies oh, in trees. Man. Oh man. Not good. Don't step on the baby's heads. Oh my um, gosh. It weird. It was so weird. Or seeing, yeah. you know, things running at you, but there was nothing there. Um, I had pacers, so that was awesome. They were able to sort of like, okay, You're like this no, isn't real. <laughs> there's nothing real. There's nothing there. Um, but you know, the two races after that, I didn't really have any hallucinations, even though I stayed awake for just as long or longer. Yeah. Um, so I adapted to that being awake uh, pretty well. Yeah, I'm. That's actually like when I've considered 200 milers as maybe a possibility. Um, the sleep thing is the part that I worry about, you know, like I, I'm the same as you, like nine, nine to nine 30. I'm out. Like I, I like sleep. I like it a lot. <laughs> and I just, that's the part that always, you know, concerns me when I think about those, those events and like, I don't know how I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, having the pacer made a big difference. Yeah. You know, the, the first one, I didn't have to go that far into the night before I was able to pick up a pacer. Um, the other two, it was longer. Like I ran basically through the first night by myself and that's the first time I'd ever done that. Um, it made me run a little bit faster. I will tell you that. I remember I came into the aid station and everybody was still in the van. I'm like, hello. And they're like, um, you're not supposed to be here yet. And I'm like that. Well, that's because I was scared and I was running in the dark alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What was the, the second one you did? Was it Tahoe? Tahoe. Yeah. Okay. What's yeah. like, can you kind of compare and contrast those two? Yeah. Um, I mean, they were equally as beautiful, to be honest with you. And the, the terrain was just amazing. Um, uh, the, Tahoe was really dusty. And I actually don't know if it was the dust in Tahoe or the forest fires that were raging around Tahoe the year I did it. Um, I ended up coming down with a really insane cough. Um, quite a few people did. Uh, really hard to breathe was not a good race for me um, that year. <laughs> I've but heard that from it. multiple people it. about the dust. I don't know, you know, yeah. I've, I've hiked some trails around there and I guess when you're out there for 200 miles, it's like you realize all the little things that can take you down. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, I kind of had that same, you know, ran 125 kilometers in, I think I said to Ray, this is not going the way I wanted it to, or the way I expected it to. I said, I like, I don't think I can do this. And I expected him to say, rah, rah, yes, you can. And he just turned around. He's like, okay. He's like, well, just tell him at the next stage aid station that you're out. And I was like, Ooh, hmm. All right, well, just get to the next aid station. And, you know, you get to the next aid station, people are cheering you on, you realize, mm, I can keep going. <laughs> um, so I did, um, you know, but it was a much harder race for me physically, um, yeah. you know, just not being able to breathe as well. Was he reverse psychologizing you there? I think so, I think so. <laughs> suspicious, suspicious. Uh, no, that's, I wonder if, I mean, that whole idea of like, yeah, just get to the next one. And then, you know, you get that time to process it. You get that time to think like, can I make it there? Oh, I can make it there. Maybe I can keep going. Yeah. In those situations. Yeah. And just kind of reset that expectation that I wasn't going to maybe achieve the goal I had set for myself. Yeah. But, um, if I would, if I could do, if I could reassess and, and have a new goal, then I was willing to kind of continue. Yeah. What was the goal you set for yourself? I had hoped to be in the top three. 
Yeah. I was fourth at Bigfoot, and um, that was the first one I ever done. I had ever done, so I was kind of like, hmm, maybe, maybe I could crack the top three. Um, that was sort of my dream goal, um, but I ended up in seventh. But that was, I mean, I think it was or sixth. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, so I wasn't quite inside my goal, but I was yeah. really happy that I that I didn't quit. I mean, it was more about. It's always more about that. It really you know, is. At the but... end, it's like it's far anything can happen over that amount of distance and yeah i did it yeah and you get almost i mean i'm imagining you have a significant amount of time to battle with that thought process and hopefully eventually reach like acceptance you know yeah which yeah. which is cool like that you are able to like have that time out there to process that yeah but how cool is it now you get to look at lake tahoe and be like i ran around that whole entire thing like that's <laughs> mind blowing yeah, it's so amazing how time is irrelevant. Like, it doesn't actually mean anything. It's like you see the sun come up, you see the sun go down. But without sort of all those parameters, like, you know, the normal daily life, got to pick up the kids, got to make lunch, got to, got to, got to do all these things. If When you're out there, it just doesn't mean anything. And, and it just, you're like in a time warp. It's really yeah. interesting. I love it. I find it this way because I have three kids and, you know, busy life and all that. But if I'm out doing an ultra, it's actually in a weird way easier. Like I always say, like, if I'm out there and my wife's watching the kids, I'm like, she definitely has the harder job. Like all I have to do is think about one thing for the whole entire day. And in a weird way, it like clears your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which is awesome. Um, what was what was your experience at Moab like? So now you're adding 40 miles. The Moab, I remember she named it Moab 200 at first, and then people were like, "There's actually 40 more miles. Mm. Let's change that name." <laughs> yeah, and I think with the rerouting, I think um, she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, but we're adding an extra mile this year." <laughs> but I think on my watch, I had 244 miles. <laughs> nice. What what year was this? uh 2019 okay yeah um yeah i mean i was excited to try the extra 40 miles um and i love utah we you know ray and i love have friends there we love going there um it was really it was really fun i had the same crew that i had in tahoe two friends and ray um so yeah i just went into it sort of let's see what happens when you add 40 miles yeah What's that course like? Um, I know. So did you do the year where she rerouted because of all the snow? No. So sorry, I should have said, I said rerouted, but I, I, I should have said that we, she went back. It was the year after that. She oh, went okay. back to the original. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. What, what's that course like? I mean, I love Moab too. And it's Utah is, it has to be in like the top three most beautiful states out here. Like yeah. it has to be. There's just so much there so much wide open space, but like a variety too. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was amazed at the variety. Um, and just, you know, it wasn't as hilly as, um, Tahoe or yeah. Bigfoot. Um, but just, just so beautiful and really hot. Like I found it really hot and dry, which I mean, Ottawa gets hot, but it's more humid. Yeah. Um, yeah, really hot and dry and, and just, I don't know, yeah spectacular like every time i would start to get down i would be like but look and you know there's always just some you know something beautiful to look at 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's every turn you take in Moab, it's something new. And you're like, I could live here my whole entire life and not see everything there is to see out here. Yeah. So crazy. That's cool. Did you, how'd you like hold up during that one? Um, kind of the same thing happened oddly. Yeah. And I raised like, uh, I don't know if I have an allergy to dust. Oh, um, okay. Maybe there's something there uh in you know california utah area that like doesn't agree with me but yeah. same thing and but uh, quite a few again quite a few people had the same issue with the breathing um so you know but that didn't really happen till a little bit later like probably halfway through the race okay um where it was kind of caught up with me but um yeah so i wasn't able to run a lot of the the last uh probably 40 miles that I was hoping to, you know, it was a little bit flatter. There's some road and, um, I really thought I'd be able to run a lot more than I was able to run. Yeah. Um, but, at, but at the same time, got it done. Um, had a great time, met lots of great people along the way. Yeah. And that's the best part, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. What, um, can you talk really quick about, you know, you have this, like just what you just said, you have an expectation to run the last 40 miles, right? So you're like, in your mind, you're like, okay, do probably doing the calculations. If I run it, I'm going to finish in this amount of time. And then you realize, oh, I have to actually like walk this or power. We call it power, you know, power hiking. I love that about trail running. I'm like, no, we're power hiking. It just means walking and eating food. Uh, but, uh, so you, so once you do that calculation, well, and then once you slow down though, I just think that has to like be hard on your mindset. Cause now you're like, Oh, now I have to push back my finish by like a certain number of hours here. Like, did yeah. you experience that at all? Yeah. Like, I guess mentally I'd been going over the race course for a couple months in my head Yeah, and was super excited that there was these massive climbs toward the end of the race. And I was like, that's my strong point. I love climbing. I love climbing. So I really focused mentally on that going into the race and probably less about that last 40 K uh, 40 miles other than hoping to be able to run it. Yeah. Um, so I got through the mountain section really well and then took like that 10 minute nap. And, uh, after that it was, you know, walking and, and yeah, then looking at my watch thinking, mm, not going to get my time goal. Yeah. Um, and nowhere along the way, I guess I didn't ask, um, and nowhere along the way, did anybody tell me where I was, you know, in, in position. So I just decided, you know, I would look at my watch and just think, I'm not going to make my time goal, but I'm going to finish. Yeah. Um, and then just thinking, oh no, now it's going to be later. And my friends had gone around, um, uh, to, to meet me at the finish line. I thought, oh no, now they're going to be eating dinner and thinking where is she? Yeah. So you start to do that and I would try to run and it was just like, I could walk as fast as I could run. Yeah. Um, You know, but somehow magically when you're like a couple hundred meters from the finish line, somehow though, I was able to magically start running. Right. So you really, I really kind of still go back in my mind and thinking, Hmm, was it mental? Like, could I have run? Like I was physical, but, but how come I was able to run those couple hundred meters, like at a pretty good pace? Um, it's the whole thing is so fascinating to me the mental aspects the mental aspect of also once you get to the finish line it doesn't matter what the distance is like i've i've never done a 200 miler or anything as like ridiculously long as that but like 
I get to the end of a 50K I'm signed up for, and I'm like, I couldn't have ran anymore. That was it. I'm done. Yeah. And then, but then I do a 50 miler and I get to the 50K point. I'm like, no, oh, no, I feel okay. I can keep running. And then you do a 100K and you're like, you get to the 50 miler and you're like, I could, I can, I think I can keep running. But then as soon as you get to that finish line, you're like, I have no more to give. And I yeah. think it's partly like expectation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think in your mind, you've already, you know, that when you hit that line, you're done. You don't have to run anymore. But I, and I said this to Ray and I, he totally disagrees that he, well, he says this, he's never had this thought, but when I know the finish line is coming, I said, I, I get this wave of like, Oh no, it's going to be over. And he was like, no, that's not normal. I have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like so magical when you're in yeah. it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's going to, you're happy that it's done. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I need to get off my feet. But at the same time, I always get this wave of, Oh, and then it's over. Yeah. Um, which may be why, I, you know, I think about the next one, you know, what's yeah. going to be next. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then to come back, you kind of get like in the, like you almost get the blues like a, a for the next couple of weeks. Cause you don't have this big goal that you're working towards, at least for me anyways. Um, yeah. Which I yeah. get it. I, I, I've definitely experienced that where you're like, Oh man, I'm glad it's over. But like, that was an experience that I was looking forward to. And now we're through the experience, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. so, that's so cool. Well, I do want to hear about, uh, impossible to possible. Um, some of the like youth expeditions specifically, uh, you mentioned that you, you got to go along and, and like, can you just talk about that experience? Like, I just want to hear what that's like. Yeah. So Ray, um, and myself and, uh, a friend in the U S Bob Cox, we started a, a foundation called impossible to possible. And we take students between the ages of 16 and 21 on running based adventures around the world. Um, and it's, it's funded through mostly through Ray's sponsorship, um, and some fundraising that we do on the side. And, uh, yeah, so we've been, Oh, I'm not sure how many expeditions, 14, maybe all wow. over, all over the world. Um, anywhere from five to eight uh, students on these expeditions. There's a learning component attached to each of them. So we went to India, we talked about access to healthcare. Um, we went to Baffin Island, we talked about biodiversity. Uh, we've been to Tunisia, Utah, um, you know, plenty of others. Uh, so yeah, I get to guide and uh, like kind of be the running guide and, you know, uh, make sure everything's going okay and keep people motivated and, and on track and, and help them out a little bit. So it's really fun. It's really interesting to watch them grow over that five days that or so that we're out there. Um, they're running anywhere from 20 to, you know, a couple, you know, a, a 50 K a day. It's really interesting to watch them, you know, go through all the process. It's no different than how it is for me going through the 200, like the highs, the lows, yeah. feeling good, the, you know, all the things that uh, when you haven't done these things before, um, how that affects you. And, and then at the end, what, what you reflect on and come away with um, kind of changes you a little bit. Yeah. Do you guys do like a, at the end of an expedition, like, just like a processing time where you're like, let's talk about what we just did and try to like reflect together. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure it happens I naturally. Been on one for, I must admit, I haven't been on one for a little while since yeah. we had the kids. I think I've only been on one since we had our kids. Um, but um, I guess 
we we do we do um, keep in touch with them also like several of the uh, youth ambassadors yeah. um, stay in touch they still help out they help mentor other ITP youth ambassadors um, so they're still engaged and uh, yeah that's so cool that has to be like so life changing for a 16 to 21 year old to go on an actual expedition like that's I don't know. That's just so cool that you guys do that. In fact, I was telling you before we started recording, I'm pretty sure that's how I first uh, heard about Ray was just because of his work with impossible to possible. Cause as a teacher, you know, that's like the dream is that you take a group of kids and you're teaching them and you're, you're using the experience to educate them, but you're also taking them out into the real world on an adventure around the world. Like, so it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, where they've, you know, they've got to get along with their teammates, yeah. um, which, you know, sometimes it's not a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, so you have to, to learn to get along with other people. Um, you know, they're tasked with, um, you know, setting up their own tents, like maybe they've never done that before. Then they have to communicate to schools around the world uh, about what they're learning. So they have to be, you know, open to, to the questions and, you know, helping deliver the curriculum. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot of, uh, new experiences for some people. Yeah. How, so I'm a leadership teacher also at my school. Um, not this year, they canceled my, that class because of just the craziness of the year, but I'm bringing the class back next year. And I'm just curious, like what kind of, like, do you guys, you obviously have a kind of science and humanities component to it, but you you also have a leadership just based on the, that it's an expedition. Do you guys actually do any like specific leadership kind of lessons or ideas before you go on the expedition? Um, there's definitely some, yeah, we do some calls. We, you know, we did some cultural kind of sensitivity training yeah. with them, you know, going into places that they've never been, that maybe the cultures are different, they've never experienced. Um, so yeah, we talk a lot about that. Um, you know, a lot of talking about respect, uh, for your, for your teammates, for the people that are there to support you, that when you're feeling bad, it doesn't mean you come in and kick the garbage can. Like, it's like, you know, just it, not that they would, cause they're all amazing. Um, but you know, just a lot of things about, uh, it really comes down to respect and yeah. uh, being respectful and yeah. That's so cool. Awesome. Well, Kathy, where can people find out more about impossible to possible um so there's a, yeah there's a website impossible to possible.com and it's the digit two so okay. impossible digit two possible.com nice yeah and i know hold on, i was looking them up if you go on instagram it's go i2p is the account so i was i've been following them for a while so cool thank awesome because i'm well, not on instagram so thank you for that one <laughs> um thank you thank you for coming on kathy this was an absolute joy i love hearing about the 200 milers i'm in awe of anybody who has taken one on and completed them let alone all three of them so uh congrats on that thank you well we'll be looking for your name sounds like uh, you might be heading in that direction and we'll for sure you can it, when you think you can't you can you can well it's nice i'm gonna add you to the long list of people peer pressuring me uh, to do a uh, 200 mile. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Kathy. Uh, we'll have to catch up with you guys at some other point for sure. Sounds great. Thanks All so right. much for having me. All right, ladies and gents, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, huge thanks to Kathy. Uh, I really appreciated talking with you. Um, that was really fun. I always enjoy, 
uh, stories like that. Um, so I'm honored that you would come on the podcast and share your stories with me. If you are listening out there, I would suggest you look up impossible to possible, find out some way you can support it. Maybe you're an educator. Um, maybe it's something you can bring into your classroom. Um, or maybe, you know, you want to support it financially or something like that. Go to impossible to possible. I linked that on the show notes um and check it out it's awesome like what a cool program i think i think way back when i heard about impossible to possible i want to say on the ultra runner podcast um and it captured my imagination as a teacher as someone who loves ultra running as someone who uh has experienced adventure and just knows what that what that experience brings to your life everything you gain from going on an adventure um and to imagine doing like sharing that experience with young people who are in this like formative time of their life is is just so incredible um what they learn about the world what they learn about leadership but more importantly like what they learn about themselves and what they are capable of wow man like if you could learn that at a young age uh especially you know uh as a teenager where a lot of times you're so full of self-doubt uh you're kind of anxious and you know the the future can almost seem like a scary place because you don't really know what's going to happen it's so unknown uh, you don't have things set up. You're still working towards whatever you want your future to be. Um, but to go out and do an expedition where you're like, okay, we're obviously going a long, long, far distance away. It seems overwhelming at the beginning of the expedition. But if I just do day to day, moment to moment, you know, step, step by step, uh, eventually those things will add up. And I will get to the end of this expedition. And then think about how you can apply that to your own life and your own goals. I just remember for me, like, I mean, college was fun. (laughs) Like, I enjoyed it. But I don't know if I I don't think I would go back. Like, I much prefer where I'm at in my life now versus college. Minus rugby playing. I loved playing rugby so much. And... Um, I don't do that now. And so that is something I miss. But in college, like, I just remember being way stressed out, which is funny because I have like three kids now and a job and like taxes and stuff to pay for and stuff. Um, And I, I was way more stressed out in my 20s than I am now in my 30s. And I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, in in my 20s i didn't fully know i couldn't see the path of like where my life was going to go like i obviously knew i was working towards stuff like a degree um working towards a getting a job but you didn't know if it was going to happen right um and that's stressful and i wish i could time travel back in time uh and bring these lessons that I've learned from ultra running, the lessons that I've learned from doing this podcast, 
um, to that young version of myself because it's the simplest lesson. It's just just do your best moment to moment. Do your best today and then do your best tomorrow and do your best the next day. And you might not make a lot of progress today, tomorrow, or the next day. But, you know, if you add all of those doing your best up, it's going to result in something. And it's going to result in something positive. Even if you fail along the way and your progress doesn't look like a straight line and it's up and down and up and down, um, ultimately, you are learning from each and every one of those moments of quote-unquote failure um and your progress progress is not going to look like a straight line going up the whole time it's going to look like a jagged line but if you zoomed out ultimately it is going up you are making progress along the way whether you feel that in the day-to-day moments or not um and that's something i understand now and it's something you still battle i mean you know uh, it's a hard thing to kind of really you you understand it at like a cognitive level, but like when you're still in the moments of failure, you're like, oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> um, but but now, like you know, as I'm a little bit older, I'm able to step back and be like, okay, so that was a f- I failed in that moment. What did I learn from it? Let's figure that out. Um, that way, when I try again, because I'm going to try again, because I'm going to persist here, um, how can I improve? How can I use that experience to be better? Um, and I just think I just think that's so huge. And I'm hoping that the kids who are involved in Impossible to Possible, um, I'm hoping that's kind of the big lesson that they take away. Um, and I think that probably would be. Um, but man, dude, if I could have taken that lesson away at 18, holy smokes, that would have been amazing. Um, alrighty. So that kind of wraps up the episode here. I'm going to tease something really quick. Okay. So speaking of all of that, the whole, like making a little bit of progress day by day. Um, I've been working on a project for about 10 months now. Um, and it's at, t- at times it's like a little bit day day by day. Um, and we're not quite ready to tell you what it is. <laughs> but uh, because we still have ducks, some ducks to get in a row um, with a big project, I'm learning you have like a billion ducks to get in a row. Like, you know, when they're like, get your ducks in a row. You're like, OK. Oh, wait, there's a billion of them. Oh, man. Um but we have a little more ducks to get in a row before I share it. So hopefully either next week or the week after I will be talking about this project on the podcast with uh, some folks who are helping me along the way um, or who are a part of it. Um, I am so excited. I'm so I've been really driven by this passion on this thing. Uh so I'm I'm very excited to share it with you guys. Um, so tune back into that, um, and I'll let you guys know like how you can support support the project and help and all that stuff, which would be super fun. Um, which, by the way, if I'm going to be honest, that's the part that I'm like, oh man, like when I find resistance to uh, along the journey, right? The whole like asking for help thing. 
that like is is hard for me <laughs> which i know it shouldn't be but maybe it's my like midwesternness but i'm like i just don't want to be a bother i don't want to be a bother that's why i don't say the thing on the podcast where i'm like hey guys uh go you know subscribe and give us a review which i'll say every once in a while but i try not to say it too much because i'm like i just don't i don't want to be a bother to people like they don't have to go subscribe or leave us a review if they don't want to i mean come on like it's it's their choice it's their it's their life like i don't want to you know <laughs> that's my internal dialogue there uh the midwesternness of like hey like here's how my like podcast promotion would go it would be like hey guys make sure you go on itunes and subscribe or or don't subscribe like whatever you want to do um and in you know write us a review but if you don't have time to write us a review like you know you don't have to um <laughs> uh so anyways so when i'm thinking about this bigger project i'm like oh man that's the part that's that uh that I'm feeling resistance to, but I know it's super necessary. And I know people might actually want to support the project along the way. So I should accept help. Um, <laughs> so anyways, we'll talk about that in a week uh, or so. I have a bunch of really cool episodes coming out. I was like recording like a crazy guy over the last few weeks. Um, so I'll give you some previews real quick. I got some Iditarod coming out, some Iditarod talk. Uh, that's going to be super fun. Um, I have some East Coast trail runners, possibly Yeti trail runners um, uh, coming out over the next few weeks. Um, and then uh, we have, yeah, we just have a bunch. So get excited. It'll be fun. It'll be a blast. Uh, hope you guys are having a good week. Hope your April is starting off on the right foot uh look for some adventures the weather's getting nicer let's go outside let's run around uh get covered in mud get some spider webs in the face you know just just go out there and experience nature it's gonna be the best all right we'll get back at you guys next week <laughs>